Here is what you missed this morning on the Catholic Morning Show. And I think our next guest right now is going to really probably appreciate that. Deacon Randy Keel and Micah Keel, his son. What do you think, Deacon Randy? That's pretty good, right? Repairing relationships for Lent? That's, um, that's, that's got to always be a surrender under sacrifice, doesn't it? Mm. That's not easy. I can't think of anything more difficult than relationships. <laughs> I know. I think that uh, the sense of whether that's friendship, marriage, family, or any level of parenting, mm-hmm. young children or adult children, um, people are the hardest thing to do, and God knows that. Yeah. <laughs> that's why he became one, to show us. I, I understand the hardship of this. There's no doubt about I created it. created you. I understand. Mike, are you there? Yeah, he's, he'll be in in just a okay, second. Okay, no problem. Um, he'll be joining us in just a second. Very good. Well, let's talk about hardships today. You say, in a lot of ways, and you see this probably on a regular basis, we create a lot of hardships in our own lives. And in, in really, kind of, in some ways, we create them, but there's also circumstances that come our way that we can't control. But, but the ones that we create oftentimes just find patterns, don't they? Yeah, you know, John, I watch for... Um, what people come in with. You know, I've been in the field for over 33 years now with, with people face-to-face, and, and there's outside circumstances that come that have an impact on us that are quite arduous and hard. But the consequence of the problems that we make for our own life have even a different form of hardship that come to them, and in some ways they're harder to get over because we make them. And so sometimes we say, you know, why do I keep doing those things? Why do, why do I do the same problem over and over and over? And there's psychology to it. Mm. And the good news is that psychology can be arrested and converted and turned in a different direction, which is an exact metaphor of what metanoia is. That's what repentance is. But I'm not saying we just need to repent of our psychology. It takes work. It takes work to allow ourselves to be offered over for the conversion of sin unto a better path in life, and it takes really deep work to allow our mind to be offered over for someone to mentor the mind to turn the wiring of the brain into a different path so we don't keep doing the same things that bring us hardship. John, it said in one theory that after 40 years old, our brain doesn't create new problems. It just repeats the old ones over and over. And i got over. two more years for that? Holy cow. I, I think I have enough <laughs> to deal with. I have a question for you, though, Deacon Randy, on, on this. Yes. Uh, and this just pops into my head here. Is there a different difference between, I'll put you on the spot here, but an addiction and a habit? Is there a difference yeah. there? Yeah. Like, um, a habit came somewhere from uh, most likely a behavior that was intended to be good, but then became maladaptive, and the brain, the mind, got attached to it and kept doing it. Mm. So those attachments that are formed, they're usually not in, like, the willful part of the brain. They're formed a little bit more in a different part of the brain that controls behavior. It's up toward the top of the brain, controls behavior, and that's where habits, whether kind of good or bad, get formed. So they become um, a little bit like autonomic behaviors, like... We're driving down the road, and I, I, was using, I, I know I use my blinker every time. I don't skip using a blinker. I'm the guy that notices nobody else used their blinker. Someone else didn't use their blinker. I caught that. I saw that. But it's without even thinking. Or in sports, how would we know to 
occurred right there. It's that part of the brain that's developed instinct, good habits. So instinct, good habits, bad habits all come from the same area of the brain. Addiction comes from a different part of the brain that's formed really as um, we might look at it as, I'm comfortable with looking at it in the disease model. Hmm. And so that a different part of the brain has taken a behavior or a substance, and that part of the brain has become diseased with it. And we've learned over the years that a person with addiction, it is not characterological. It is not a personality flaw. And we also know through the eyes of our church, an addiction itself is not a sin. Yeah, make that. Let's make that clear because a lot of times people think that's the case. Um, but yes. for a mortal sin, there, you know, there's gradations for it. I won't get into all of them, but one of those is you have to be completely free, and an addiction doesn't do that. No, an addiction where it comes from the brain, and this is why we understand in the medical model world as a disease where it comes from the brain. It is not where the will comes from in our mind. And so the control of an addiction, this is why it's so difficult to to arrest and change, it's it's not willful, it's not characterological, it's not personality, it is not sin. And that's, that's news of redemption to bring that to people. That's redemptive news to bring them. But I want to be clear on this, that that doesn't mean you keep your foot off the pedal, of trying to to heal, um, and and this is what our God ultimately desires. So though though there it, it might have maybe started as a sin or a choice that you know someone yep. entered into the the continual kind of habitual addiction of it, the church says a person isn't free. That's not to say that we don't still need the graces of the sacraments to be able to help us in healing from that. Most specifically, the sacrament of reconciliation. Many of those graces can help and aid us. It's, it's all grace, right? We have to turn ourselves over to it. All grace, because we don't ever escape humanity. Yeah. I think sometimes we, and I, I like your point there, John, it doesn't give, it's not about sin may abound so that grace could be here. Mm-hmm. It's, we still have to be responsive to it, but the disease itself where it comes from, that disease part of the brain is not addiction. Yeah. Sorry, is not sin. But the behaviors coming forth, we still have to be responsible for those behaviors. It would be just like as if, if it committed a crime, we couldn't plead to the court, hey, sorry, I've got a disease. <laughs> right? Like, no, that won't work, and that doesn't work in the court with God. But he understands the disease core of it. And too often I have um, people that carry a shame for that disease. It'd be like we feel shame of the disease we get. And and we do attend, occasionally do that because we 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 have an image of perfect. We have an image of how I should be. We have an image of how life should be. And when we don't attain that, uh, sometimes we create our own internal shame aversion in life. Be like carrying the message inside. Boy, if people knew who I really was, they would... <clears throat> Yeah, we, we carry that kind of shame inside. But but back to that reason, why do I keep doing some of the things that I do? Like for a marriage, why do we have that, quote, same old conflict? You know, we've thought about this hundreds of times. Why do we do that? And as an individual, maybe maybe it's procrastination. I create that problem for myself. Why do I do that when I know it's a problem? And maybe in family... Why do I, let's say, why do I tease and poke and make fun of someone when I know that it hurts them? 
and we've gone through the consequences of that. Why do we do some of those things we continually know is problematic? Why do I keep doing that? So that's about that that groove we drive into the brain so easily into the brain, but grooves can be altered. The intervention of allowing something else to come into our mind to say that's going to alter that path, that consequence of that, like uh, for families, you know, like the Super Bowl weekend, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, thinking of like in many families the source of teasing and jousting is there's a competitive nature going on. It'd be like champions versus the underdogs. Mm. And that's kind of smiced out in families. In procrastination, the root of that is avoidance. And in that, that same old fight we've had over the years, that's ego. That's wow. a manifestation of ego inside of the marriage. The, if you want to know how to find your ego, look at your need to be right. Ooh, that's a line that's, right there. Wow. Yeah. If you want to find your ego, go, I kind of don't understand that. Look at your need to be right. And there it is. Wow. Deacon Randy Keel, everyone. We'll get Mike on next time. Um, I know yes. he's busy. Would you uh, Would you pray with us? Sure will. Oh, Lord, I pray for your intervention into the creature of who you made us to be and into the minds you gave us and where we're stuck. We pray for your Holy Spirit to come help loosen us with intervention of your spirit with intervention of your body of Christ, the body of you that you've given to us, and the sacraments that you've given us to walk our path unto holiness so we can be further united with you here on this earth as we wait for our celestial glory with you, Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on, Deacon. Always a pleasure to be able to have you. That's Deacon Randy Keel, everyone. Listen to the Catholic Morning Show weekday mornings at 7 on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, iowacatholicradio.com, or the Iowa Catholic Radio app.